Broadcasting live from the Phoenix Business Radio X studio in Tempe, Arizona, you are tuning in to Culture Crush with Kendra Maples. This podcast will dive into a variety of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Culture Crush Business Podcast. On this podcast, we focus on everything surrounding businesses with a good company culture. We deep dive into companies that are striving and crushing it with a great culture, as well as companies that are out there to support that growth as well. It is definitely time to kick off the summer and spark some of these very authentic and valuable conversations. And the two individuals in the room today will absolutely do this. (laughs) I have a feeling I will say very little today because this conversation is going to be very authentic and jam-packed. So I am very excited to introduce our two guests today. Today, we have Christine Rogers, president and COO of Aspireship. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yay. (laughs) And we have Andrew Kolokoff, leadership and culture coach for Aurelius. Welcome. Thank you. Yay. I'm so excited. Um, I think I've had conversations with, well, Andrew, for sure, for a while about bringing you onto the show and having these conversations. And Christine, you and I had talked a long time ago, but Mm -hmm. I do want to bring up something that ties into this whole conversation of culture. Mm -hmm. Just to start it off, I was actually having conversations with another one of your team members Mm -hmm. about being on the show. And then she approached me and said, hey, I think it'd be best to have Christine on the show. I'm actually leaving the company. Mm -hmm. And my heart was like, and I asked point blank, can I ask why you're leaving the company? Does it have to do with the culture? Because if I'm highlighting the company on the show, I would really like to know. And right away, she said, oh my goodness, absolutely not, not even close. I just need some personal growth in space that, this company is smaller, right? It doesn't have all of the positions that I'm ready to fill. Mm -hmm. And she made so, so, so positive that she made sure that I knew that it absolutely had nothing to do with the culture. She said, I wish I could stay here forever, but I need to maybe go somewhere else and grow and then come back again. Mm -hmm. But um, I thought that was really, really neat, especially jumping into this. It's part of that culture. She is leaving, but she is already a spokesperson for you guys mm-hmm. and, you know, highlighting and and being a rep for the amazing company culture that you guys are are growing. So I know you 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 back channeled me, but I love it. <laughs> You're off the hook. Yeah. No, it's good. We um it's interesting that you brought that up. So she and I have been talking for, you know, quite a few months about kind of her journey and her path and what mm-hmm. she wants. And, you know, at the end of the day, she just said about six weeks ago, I don't want to sell anymore. Yeah. And I said, well, that's the role. Like, that's the role that I need, you know? And I don't have what you're looking for right now. We're a smaller company. You know, we just don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, but like, what can I do to help? And so we just like started co-creating what that would look like. And so I think it's interesting because just last week, it's funny that you brought this up. We were like, okay, it's time to tell the team. You know, we already had a timeline set in place. She said, I still don't have a job. I want to go to LinkedIn and say, this Mm -hmm. is what I'm looking for. 
And I said, I've actually never seen this done before. We're like, you're going to still be working for me. I'm going to publicly support you and looking for your new role. And let's figure out how we can craft this together so that you get the support from LinkedIn that you need. And everybody can see, my entire network can see, I'm fully supportive of this. And like, I'm not upset. Last Friday, (laughs) last Friday, I do too. Because I was like, you know, last Friday, she told our team first. And then um, she sent me what she was going to post on LinkedIn so that I knew what was, you know, what she was going to say. And she said, um, it was a beautiful post and said, like, if there was any way I could Mm -hmm. stay, I would, you know, because I love this company and I love, you know, who everyone is. And if it ever is the conversation around people leave a leader, this isn't it. And she said that this is me saying my passion is not here. So she boldly said and bravely said, I do not want to do sales, Mm -hmm. but here is what I'm looking for. And if you are looking for someone like me, I'm looking for you too. And then I was able to come under and say, and I I am amplifying this message because she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And if you, anybody needs me to do anything, you know, losing people, it never feels good. But like, if we can show mm-hmm. how to do this in a way that maybe has never been done before. And also, she's still working for me till the beginning of June. Yeah. And we're working together. We're closing deals. We're doing business. She's fully present in what we're doing. And I'm fully supportive of her next position. So like, it was very different. We were both like, I've never really seen this done. I don't know if we can create something new where people don't hide and don't give a two weeks notice and Mm -hmm. don't feel shamed and have a lot of, you know, where other people know, Mm -hmm. but um, then your leader doesn't know till the end. And then it's a big, you know, and so if we can, if we can figure out how to do a better job at when people leave, like what a better way to show love and care than to like support and amplify their story and their journey because she is gonna she is always gonna be my person. Mm-hmm. You know, she like she's not leaving me. I, <laughs> we're just taking a you know half time. And right. you know, and people stay with you long past their current career mm-hmm. if there's actual genuine relationship. I believe that. Yep. And Daryl's heard me talk in this studio a number of times about the offboarding process and how important that is. And if there can if that offboarding process can start even earlier and you guys can be an example, then it's just going to make life and business and everything so much better. And I love this. And I deepens trust and honesty. Then people will be honest with you about how they really feel. Sure. Yep. And I, I got so excited (laughs) and I had myself. So on this note of her doing sales, will you tell us a little bit about Aspireship Give us the the snapshot of what you guys do. Sure, 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 sure. So we help individuals that want to get into software selling, but we have an online course that is available for anyone who wants to take it to take. And then if they can complete the course and pass it, we will introduce them to companies that are looking for competency and character versus bullet points on a resume. Yeah. Attitude and aptitude. (laughs) That that is what's important rather than um, their, quote, experience or, you know, what they've done that will show that they're experienced. We want them to actually be able to learn, grow, develop, show their competency in a way that companies are relating to. And then... um, and then, yeah, that's what that's what we do. So we're kind of where enablement and training meets recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, so the, the, our partners are, are who we work with and our grads are who we work with. So it's 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 a kind of two sided 
ish marketplace. Yeah, a very cool <laughs> space to fill. Yeah, a very cool space. Yeah, and obviously you're here today because of the culture side. We already yeah. got a little bit of the insight talking about one of your folks that's leaving, mm-hmm. and I really hope that is an example of how companies can start to support their staff when they leave. Because Andrew, you said it. No one, no one wants to say anything, right? You apply for a job, and they've got that little checkbox of can we reach out to your current employer? And it's like, and Mm -hmm. think about how many people check no because they don't want their current employer to know because they feel there's going to be backlash and whatnot. And so if this can be an example of how that offboarding process can be successful, then it makes your job. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you noticed what was critical in the conversation was Christine, Mm -hmm. right? She runs the company. She's the president and COO. Mm-hmm. And because of who she is, she's creating the environment for people to feel safe. Mm-hmm. That's really what it takes mm-hmm. to build a great culture. It's something I always say is that you have to be the change you want to see in your company. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you know Christine, that's kind that is who she is. She's um, willing to be vulnerable, open, question herself, and move herself to a better place in front of others to see. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that very much. But I mean, that really is who you are. So then think about the environment and the culture that creates. You know, I can go into a company, deal with somebody who's not half the human being she is, and it makes my job really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not willing to see themselves for who they are and the ripple effect of a stone in the pond that's created from that leader, then there's really little that a consultant like me can do. Mm-hmm. So on that note, tell us more about what you what do. What do you want to know? <laughs> tell us what you do. Well, I'm a, a, a leadership development culture coach. Aurelius is a company that provides a whole host of services in operations, in finance, but we also uh, apply uh, behavior change to that strategic deployment. Mm -hmm. Most consultants deploy, you hire a consultant, they work strategically, but they don't usually do the grunt work. Mm -hmm. That grunt work is the behavioral change from the strategy, Mm -hmm. right? And I realized by accident and being a consultant as long as I have been that I was doing that. I was working to change the behavior of the organization to match the strategy. And I thought all consultants did that <laughs> only to realize, well, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> no, nope. I'm weird. <laughs> and that for, it, you know, any consulting work really to stick You've got to change the behavior, uh, you know, and the culture a bit to match that strategy for what they brought you in to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, effectively, that is what and who Aurelius is. And when you come in and help and support a company that needs that growth and, and needs that coaching and, and whatnot, what does that look like as far as is the timeline different? Is, you know, they the connection that you have, are you there sitting with them X amount of days? Like, what is that? So I have process just like everybody else needs to have process. Yes. But the, there's also a personal development process that Mm -hmm. needs to kind of take on its own life. 
mm-hmm. in my work with the leader of the company. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this delicate balance in trying to get somebody to follow a path and allowing them to follow the path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of takes, you know, I, for me, it's for me about being present and knowing when I need to force and knowing when I need to give time and allow. So I'm sorry that I'm not providing specifics You're for good. you, You're but good. that would be the 10,000 yeah. feet up. There absolutely are steps and mm-hmm. methods that we will take a company through but that leader needs to also grow mm-hmm. and see themselves for who they are and why they are before they do grow. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that onion can have many layers, right? Yep. And sometimes all it times, ha- all times, all time, right? And then sometimes <laughs> the an more onion. the layers, Kendra, the more time it takes mm-hmm. for me to have the patience to allow for that process to happen before I start jamming, well, this is how we have to do it. Yeah. So, you know, it really takes somebody who really understands people Mm -hmm. uh, individually. People ask me, how do you change a culture? And I always say one soul at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's really what it is. It's one soul at a time. You know, I'm not in the instant gratification business. You know, you can hire somebody to do, and, you know, I love accountants, but accountants work is very black and white, mm-hmm. right? And you sometimes you can do it very quickly. Behavioral change, seeing yourself for who you are, seeing the truth of what your company culture is for what it is, is, you know, sometimes can take time. Yeah. It is not the instant gratification business. No, the whole process is going to be obviously different. If you have a leader like Christine, who Already, you're setting the bar higher, right? From the conversation we started off at the beginning, supporting your staff member to leave and understanding that, like you said, she it's just a, a, a halftime, right? It's just a pause in <laughs> yeah. that relationship. She'll come back. She'll join Aspireship again with you guys. But in order to help her, you are understanding and recognizing that what she needs just isn't with you guys right now. and that in itself, that's huge for you as a leader because, and Andrew, like you said, you change one soul at a time, but a lot of times that soul has to be the very top. It's got to be that that onion peeling right at the very top. (laughs) And so, Christine, you're already setting that bar and you would probably make Andrew's job really easy. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, knowing Christine the way I do, she in her head is like, yeah. how can I be better? How can I do more? What can I do to raise it above what I already know? Because she knows that she only knows what she knows. Mm-hmm. And there's all that that she doesn't know about what she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really what it takes to really build a, a, a great culture is to always be open, to have somebody always kind of pushing you and opening your eyes to new things to make it you know, to see new pathways, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, what I always say is most people that have a, a very good culture and value culture mm-hmm. uh, as one of their top priorities, you need, I mean, my personal belief is somebody has to, that has to be their full-time work. Mm-hmm. If culture 
is that top priority? It, it usually in most organizations is somebody's part-time work. Mm-hmm. But if it's a top priority, it has to be somebody's full-time work and it has to be their talent. And I, I wish I saw more companies that did that, mm-hmm. but that is a cost, right? But there's so much evidence that that cost is, is um, really an investment mm-hmm. absolutely, because of the rewards that are reaped. And I also think in that same vein, so first of all, think I immediately feel like bad that the, I've done this so poorly before. That's why I think you learn like, and I would just want to call that out because it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable with like just the glorification of this. And, it's, and for my own personal thing, you know, this is like one of yeah. those things where it's like, you've learned, I've learned the, you know, the, I remember the first time one of my top employees came and said, like, I'm going to leave. And I was like, so it took, I took it so personally. Mm-hmm. Like I've invested so much. I've done so many. I love you. Like <laughs> I love you and you love me. Like what's happening right now? You know, and all of the investment in the time. And it's really hard to not feel that. Mm-hmm. And only with repetition and intentionality mm-hmm. and also, um, focus, you know, where, where as you're starting, you know, my brain, your brain, everybody starts to as the conversation's happening, it's going very fast. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm trying not to react. I'm just trying to sit here and be calm. And I'm going to force these words out of my mouth because I know I mean them. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, my, my physicality is agitation, <laughs> Yeah, you know? And so, um, so just, I guess, expressing our humanness mm-hmm. and like, in our full expression, also being able to stop for a minute and just say like, I love you. I want to support you. Right. Because at the end of the day, that is true. It is 100% true. And, and in those moments, I have found like those defining moments, that's when it matters what you actually, the words that come out of your mouth matter (laughs) in those moments, because you can sit here and say, those are the moments people remember. They're the moments that like you remember, if you think back on your like leadership career, you're going to sit here and think like, I remember when shit started to hit the fan and everything went crazy. And I remember how poorly she showed up and was, you know, reactive and, and pensive and agitated. Or people can go like in that moment, I felt her passion and also her love. Mm-hmm. So she just gave some of the great, greatest leadership advice that anybody can give because people, you know, uh, I'm in the leadership business and development business. And I often tell people when something happens, when the shit hits the fan, Mm -hmm. you need to put your, you know, ask yourself, you know, what would Jesus do? What would the Dalai Lama do? What would Gandhi do right now? And that's who you need to be. That's who you need to be because that, I promise you, will will be, you will be giving your best mm-hmm. and the best outcome will happen from it. Yep. So you learned how to do that. Yay for you. Well, and also, you know, if you're not ready, I, if you're not ready in that moment, just say, oh, I'm not ready for this. I need a minute. I'm going to need a minute. I need to think about this. I'm going to need, I mean, it, I think that so many times when we're getting ready to do or say something that's going to be tough, something that we can say is, this is going to be a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Then it prepares everybody differently. Mm -hmm. Just saying, this is going to feel very formal right now. 
because today is your last day. And it doesn't mean I don't love you, but this is what it is. And so I need to do some things that are going to feel really formal. And then we can have a different conversation after, but I need you to look at this paperwork. Yeah. You know, if you can, if you can set the table in a way that allows people to prepare themselves, even if it's like one to two seconds, they can adjust a little bit. And I think we we just yesterday on LinkedIn, I commented on um, a post around transparency and which is, you know, when is too much Mm -hmm. and when, you know, you can say too much and cause fear, but then you can also smile and then lay everybody off in 15 minutes. (laughs) And so like, what is the right balance? And I don't know what the right balance is. Mm -hmm. All I know is like every time I've had a hard conversation, if I start it with, this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one. Yeah. Then it it changes the tone a bit Mm -hmm. to allow for us to prepare and also to for them to know that like, I'm probably not going to be perfect in it. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not going to be perfect in this conversation, but we're going to do our best. Right. You know, and it's okay to start the conversation that way. You know, you read and, uh, you know, listen to things about relationship and how do you deal with conflict in a relationship? And if you get into an argument and I'm that person, I need to step away. Mm-hmm. Give me five minutes. Yeah. Let me breathe. And then I'll come back. Otherwise, if we continue right now, World War Three is about to go down. Sure. And so... Why can't it be the same in the workplace? Why mm-hmm. can't you say, let's mm-hmm. take a moment. It's going to be a, car- a the hard power conversation. Of pause. Yeah. You know, if you, you ever get an email from somebody that challenges your character, mm-hmm. which you feel like it challenges your character. Yeah. And if you respond right away, <sighs> your answer will not be an empowered answer. It will be a pain painful, the pain that you feel answer. I always tell people, pause, Mm -hmm. you know, wait a day. Mm -hmm. And then if you write it, you, you can't believe that it's, it's so different just through that pause. You know, Marcus Aurelius, my company is named after Marcus Aurelius. He used to play this game with himself called the equanimity game. Mm. And he knew that when he showed up, he would get himself ready to be in his best place for the day and you know no offense but you think running a spire ship is is hard but running rome is probably a little <laughs> yeah. bit harder yes and I mean. so you want to talk about <laughs> shit hitting the fan <laughs> yeah. right and he knew that he was human and he would be knocked off his best place right that people would challenge who he was and he would be over here but he knew that in this less empowered place rome didn't love him as much he didn't get as much done. He wasn't as effective and he would get himself, you know, you know, we talked about pause. Mm -hmm. He would practice getting to that empowered place Mm -hmm. faster and faster and faster rather than just wait a day. Mm -hmm. So that's some of the things that I teach is like, Andrew, tell me about tips and tricks. What <laughs> what can I do? Well, there, there's one right there, right? Mm-hmm. Play the equanimity game with yourself. Yes, you need to pause, but you can actually practice getting back faster and faster. Mm-hmm. And especially when you are in the CEO position, the CEO position, right? Mm-hmm. Having those difficult conversations because that position, people tend to forget sometimes that's a very lonely spot to be because you are in charge of overseeing, right? The the culture of the company, that balance of transparency, making sure everyone's paid, making sure they can put food on the table for their families. You have a lot of pressure as that leader on your shoulders. And so when that person comes and has that conversation, 
to say that they're going to leave right before taking that pause, your head is like, oh, shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Because then you're thinking, okay, they're leaving. I'm losing this person. I have to replace them. Mm -hmm. And and all of that is going through your head and and needing to pause and have that response for supporting them. Because like you said, they will remember. Mm -hmm. I remember conversations I had with leaders 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> like it was yesterday, um, because it didn't go well, <laughs> some of those, many of those, and that's why it's stuck. Mm -hmm. So that says a lot too with that, that being human, learning, understanding, taking that pause, but then putting it that moment to support that other person, right? And then later on you go, oh shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, here's another way to look at it. I view challenging moments, that is the greatest opportunity. Not when you're winning. It's the challenging moment is where opportunity shows up mm -hmm. and how you be and how you navigate through it. You know, if you lose the World Series and you're watching them all like jump on each other on the field, you're trying to figure out a way how to be there next year, right? The ones on the field are just celebrating and, you know, enjoying the moment. So that is the opportunity right there, you know? So mm -hmm. if everybody could look at when shit does hit the fan, that that actually is important. That is the opportunity for you to grow and to figure out how to navigate through it. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, and, and what she does is she exercises her courage in being honest, mm -hmm. right? And that's what, she, that's Christine's way. Mm -hmm. is, okay, I'm going to just be completely honest mm -hmm. rather than duplicity like there is inside of companies or passive aggressiveness inside of companies. Oh, yes. that's, she doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing I think that's, that's hard about this is this, these are surprises, right? If you know, like as a leader, when you are, the, you're the one that is putting the agenda together about what's going to happen that's hard, you have the time. Mm -hmm. You have the time to think about it. You have the time to craft the messaging. It's the moments that you're, uh, you know, you're having an all hands meeting and somebody asks a really sharp question and you're like, oh, really? You want to do that right now? <laughs> You want to do that right now in front of this 150 people? Like, I am going to level you. You know, this is like, those are the moments, right? Yeah. Where then you're you're stuck and you're thinking to yourself, how do I show up right now? Mm -hmm. You know, and there are moments when you need to assert more authority and say like, that's an, that question seems a little personal. We can definitely take that offline. Uh, and there are moments where you could, you know, there are different ways to adjust. But I have found mm -hmm. my most poignant learning moments have been in surprise. Yeah. And it's not in, it's not when I'm planning something mm -hmm. or when I have to roll out a different comp structure and a commission plan that is not going to benefit you. That's not when it happens because I actually know what that's going to look like for the most part. I know what the sentiment is going to be. I know what the questions are going to be. I know the concerns. Mm -hmm. You know, I have those conversations ready to go. What it is, is when, when there are surprises. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the moments where you do have to have a level of presence and um, kind of agility in the moment and also awareness to say like, right now, everybody's looking at my body language that is saying something different, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And so, so that is when I have found it's okay 
to say, ooh, that was a little bitey, wasn't it? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, everybody kind of laughs, gives me a second to think. Mm-hmm. And then I d- decide what's next. What's next now? Yeah. You know, how do I adjust? How do I do this? Because in this moment, it will matter mm-hmm. later. It will matter. Yeah. It'll matter now. It'll matter. La- it'll matter later. And and people like my public perception and who I am is defined in all of those moments. That's why it's so hard to be a leader because everybody's watching you all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you mess up, because it's going to be, the more you can, I think, lean into like, wow, I did that poorly. Actually, I, I everything I just said in this last 10 <laughs> seconds was just, just ignore that. <laughs> Let me start all over. Yeah. I wasn't ready Take for two. that. You so, know, that's super important. I think just to be a human in this and be like, actually, I hadn't even thought of that. That was a really great question. You took me a little by surprise, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I love just listening to her because what she just said is something that really helps me is, you know, we judge ourselves through our intentions, but others judge us through our behavior. Mm -hmm. And what you just said was, you know your intentions, but then you looked at your behavior because that's how you're seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. You're seen by your intentions. Yes. But you're more seen by your behavior, Mm -hmm. but that's how we see ourselves. Right. So, you know, this is a, a, a deep thinking feeling woman over here that that you know understands you know being a leader really is not easy and it mm-hmm. really requires to do it right you know a lot of knowing yourself mm-hmm. and it's not something that is always innate and you know natural for people and for leaders some people just kind of naturally fall into that place of honesty and trust and sincerity. And and for others, they truly have to work at it, right? So the fact that you mentioned what you're thinking, what you're saying, your behavior, right? Those ha- They're going to see your behavior. I've had this conversation with the 12-year-old numerous times mm-hmm. of, I know you said okay, but your body and the tone that you said it in pretty much said F you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very different things not matching up, right? So that's a piece of it. And then the piece that I feel like people forget is, right, we're human. Mm-hmm. If you need to say, oh, what I just said is not really what I meant to say, then then be human and say that. Or tell somebody that you don't know. Again, back to kind of that kid example. I am that that parent, that aunt, that, you know, godmother that's always been the one. I'm going to give you the brutal, honest truth. And if you ask a question and I don't know it. Guess what? I'm going to tell you I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bullshit you and make up some answer. Like when you walk around the zoo and you have parents all the time, the kid's like, what's that animal? They make up the animal. Mm. And they're like, oh, it's a cheetah. I'm like, ah, instant my animal behavior side is like, it's a jaguar, you idiot. Don't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't know, just say you don't know. Or if you said it and you're like, oh, that wasn't what I should have said. Then just admit that, say that be human, be authentic. But with that being said, right, it's not something that comes natural to everybody and in that leader leadership position. So my question for the two of you in this is, are there ways, like how can you support, give advice? How 
can leaders learn to be more authentic or learn to build trust in their business? Are there even ways to give these guiding? You want to go? You go, you go first. I, I have a okay, so I, I had a client who owned a pretty sizable company. And the first meeting I had with him one-on-one, he said to me, I've never known how to trust anyone. And I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, this is going to be a wild ride, you know, in my head. Because if you can't trust anyone, how's anybody going to trust you? Mm -hmm. Right? So, um, and I, you know, the short answer to your question, Christine already gave you, it's character and competence. Mm -hmm. You know, and... He, there was an example of an onion with many layers (laughs) because he didn't, he came, his personal life had so many incredible hardships in it. He was even actually homeless for a while. His mother was murdered. Um, So this was a leader that went through a lot as a person Mm -hmm. and And let it be known that every leader has their own personal life that they bring into the leadership of the company. So that's something that really, there's an example of something that just is going to take time for him, for us to go back. And that's really more coaching than it is culture, you know, leadership development and coaching for us to go back for him to rewrite his own story. Mm -hmm. Him being attached to that story was who he became. He, in a way, was a victim of his life and his story. Mm -hmm. And it was my job to decouple his attachment to that story Mm -hmm. and rewrite a new story. So you can't just say, well, dude, you got to trust them. (laughs) Because he already, I mean, he already has this whole life story (laughs) that it, He's not just going to let go of it. So every situation is different. You really, in the business that I'm in, I have this weird gift that I make people feel safe because I'm not going to judge them. You know, I'm just going to... That's very true. Thank you. You have a sense. I mean, there is zero judgment with you. I won't. Yeah. And I'm just going to put love on you and I'm going to try to serve. I live my life in service. I'm going to try to serve and figure out how to do that. And that is really the magic Mm -hmm. in how to get people to open up and to rewrite that story. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answered your question. It does. And it's interesting because um, I'm thinking of, I know your background and I know how you were raised and supported. And so you naturally came into this this role that you have just makes sense, not having judgment and serving and supporting people. So when it comes to helping that other gentleman, right, his background was not your background. No. (laughs) Not even close. No. Right? So needing to support him the way that you had that growing up, it makes sense that you have ended up in the position that you're in to be able to. I'd like to think so. I mean, I've done a lot of things in this life occupationally, you know, I've even, I tell people I'm a recovering geek. 
you know, that I made it out of rehab and I still go to meetings every now and then, you know, former chief science officer. But this is the art that I put into the world. This is the best work that I've ever done. You know, when we're young, we make a big decision on who we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And we put ourselves in school and we work so hard only to find out over through opportunity, through those trials mm-hmm. of who we really are. And we either choose to have the courage to reinvent ourselves and endure the economic or whatever other hardships we're going to endure to do that. Mm-hmm. For better or for us, I've done it. Mm-hmm. And um, this is my gift. I know it and I love it mm-hmm. and I suck at a lot of things. We can talk <laughs> about those, but I don't think that would your audience would love that. <laughs> Again, in answer to your question, you can put people through whatever process you want. Leaders are like a box of chocolates. You never really know which one you're going to get. And you have to know how to listen, mm-hmm. be compassionate, and make them feel like they want to be in a better place and be a better leader. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking back to a few years ago when I was at a larger company. I was, uh, so I'll just give you a, a quick backstory. So I started as a sales rep within like six months, ended up moving into, uh, I took a job actually as an executive assistant, which felt like a very big step back uh, to the CRO at the time. And so he said, you know, I had actually applied for a different position and I was like a B sales rep. Like I'm not like the best salesperson there is. I'm okay, um, but I'm not the best. But I understand salespeople very well. So he just said, I need a thought partner. I actually don't need a secretary. I need a thought partner. And so he's like, I'll teach you everything about running a sales org. And I said, never going to happen. I don't want to do that. So, but I'll help you. (laughs) Yeah, I'll help you. So actually what ended up happening is I ended up doing sales enablement. And then he asked me four different times to take over the direct sales floor. And I said, nope, nope, nope. And just watched him systematically fire more off work for leaders. You know, boom, 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 boom. And every time I just said, no, no, no. And he's like, finally, he said, I need you to do this. This is like, this is why I need you. Like, I need you to do this. I need you to bring something different. And so keeping in mind that all the managers that I took over probably had all been there before me. Uh-huh. Uh, all of them were men. What we were having trouble with, well, we were having a lot of trouble. We were <laughs> underperforming. It was a big organization. There was a lot of pressure. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. I had read lots of leadership books. I had done lots of different things. And all I knew is that like this core group of people that were sitting in front of me, were the, we were not cohesive. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of infighting. Uh, when deals would go through, they'd be like, that was my guy's deal. This is my, I was dealing with so many Jeez. lead disputes constantly that were coming my way. Where like, if I tell you, thanks for putting that deal in, Kendra, and actually you're not going to get credit for that. It's, it would throw, I mean, just massive. And this was daily. So... All I knew is I needed to get these managers mm-hmm. on the same page and we needed to be rooting for each other mm-hmm. versus something else. And so I don't actually know. I just thought about something. I thought, what are all the characteristics that I want to I want to draw out in this team? And so I had them all get together. So we're going to do our leadership team. We're going to do this once a week. We're spending an hour together. And I had this little um, tin bucket. And so I picked out a bunch of words and I did... I know I did courage first and I took, I went online and I just typed in courage, quotes about courage. 
And I printed them out on paper, cut them up, put them all in this little bucket. And they all came in the room and they all had, okay, this is the pipeline. This is what the deals look like. This is what, and so they're ready to go through it. And um, I said, what do you guys typically do in these meetings? They're like, we run through the pipeline. We, you know, we start doing forecasting. I'm like, we're not doing any of that. And I said, everybody, you know, pass this little bucket around, pick out a quote. And they're like, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> and so um, it's all these quotes and every single one had courage. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you to tell me, does this quote resonate with you? Do you think it's bullshit? What is it? Like, and we're going to talk about it. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I just said, just do it. Just like roll with me. I don't know. This might be stupid. Just do it. <laughs> and so they started reading these quotes and then one would read it and say, I, I actually believe in that, that that's true. And here's why I think that. And the other one was like, no, I think it's, so we started talking. They started talking about courage. And then um, at the end of the meeting, you know, it was about 45, 50 minutes in. And I said, okay. And they're like, okay, what? I'm like, we're done. And uh, then we left. And the next time we came in, they look, they're like, oh, she's got the bucket again. Like what's in the bucket? <laughs> <laughs> what's in this little tin bucket? I mean, it was like something that was holding my, uh, my, uh, like pens, you know, I just dump my pens out and use that stupid bucket every time. Yeah. And the next one was, what was it? Belief. Mm. And so uh, I said like, you know, these are all quotes. And that one was really interesting because it's like some of them were like had strong sense of like belief and faith and hope and all of these. And then other ones were like, no, it's like black and white. This is not a thing. So we had, and then they were, they were like, and that's it. And I'm like, that's it. And then we left and the conversation started getting deeper and deeper. And then Every week, we just did another word. And that helped us understand a couple of things. Number one, we're more similar than we think. And even though the the, the people around this table were very different in the way that they solve problems, um, we did curiosity. We did generosity. Mm. We did, um, you know, different words that had meaning that we were trying to draw out. And they were finally said, like, probably after about six weeks. So it was like six times of doing this. What are we doing here? I'm like, what do you think we're doing here? And they were like, I mean, this is actually pretty cool. Like we're, and you know what started happening? Leslie disputes. They started figuring it out between them. Then their team started figuring it out between them. And then the most interesting thing was about three months after that, I walked by one of their team meetings and they had the courage and they were talking about courage. And so what I started... Yeah, but did they have a bucket? They, they didn't have a, have a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a bucket. <laughs> they didn't have a bucket. But what I started seeing is like, there, there's no secret sauce. <laughs> there's no secret sauce as far as how to do certain things. But what I understood is, un, is getting people that can look at each other. I have a very hard time being um, angry, frustrated, divisive when I actually know you. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to be that way when I don't have an investment in you and don't know you. Mm-hmm. So if I force you to together, we're all going to talk. And I would call them out and be like, that is the dumbest answer to that question. You know, that was so surface. The only thing you can't do in here is be surface. I want everybody to, and I will call you out on it. Do not be surface level. Here, we're going to talk. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hear that, you know, I know it just happened this morning. And I know you just guys just had an argument this morning. Don't come in here and pretend it's okay. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about authenticity today, I want you to have the conversation. And so just saying like, that's never going to work. And you know, that team 
was incredible. Like when I look back at that team, that was when the company was at the, we had a run that was incredible and we had less people We're doing more revenue. We were getting stronger because the team, the leadership team was getting stronger. And it really started with getting to know each other mm-hmm. because I can't, it's harder for me in my spirit to be mean to you when I care. Yeah. So like, if I can try to make you care, a little bit more about each other. And I remember this, like, it was like six, seven months into it. I, I, they were like, so why is it that now you don't bring the bucket all the time? I'm like, okay, <laughs> like we're doing different stuff now. But we were able to get into hard conversations after that because we had created a level of safety. Mm-hmm. You know, that was first is like, can we trust each other? Can we walk out of this room with a decision that has to be what we, that we all are going to disagree on and then walk out and be, all right, we're, we're, we're solid on this. And I'm going to look at you across the room. And even though you and I both disagreed, we're walking out of here with agreement mm-hmm. that we are going to support it. I can say that if nothing else, I don't know, I don't know a lot of things, but starting with creating safety by allowing people to see each other. And sometimes you have to help them see each other, mm-hmm. you know, just and if you if you can't make somebody be vulnerable, but you can create the space to hold it for when we are. Why and can't so, I work with you? Because <laughs> it's. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, come on. I don't I mean, know. That's... She understands what she built was trust. Mm-hmm. She built trust. She helped the team learn how to trust each other. Mm-hmm. It's important. I mean, so if for those that don't know, I'm trying to give like a tactical, here may be some places to start mm-hmm. is, you know, my good friend, Amy Bola, she always says like, people just want to be seen, heard and understood. Yeah. So if you can create a place where you have fostered that, I can't make you see me. I can't make you see him or her. I can't, but I can create an environment that can be more conducive and create the space to be more conducive. Because that was an expensive meeting, if you think about it. I had eight managers in a room with me. That's pretty expensive right. for an hour a week. Pulling papers out of a bucket. pulling quotes out of a little tin bucket yeah. and talking about it. But then fast forward, look at the change, look at the impact, look at the cohesion and the connectiveness of that group now mm. from what started as a simple activity. But really, like you said, you gave them that space to be vulnerable. You can't force people Mm-mm into being vulnerable, but you can give them the opportunity and give them that space for sure. I love that you said what you said to know how to be seen, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, that's another leadership thing that I teach is most people don't have incredible clarity over how they wish to be seen. When you walk into a meeting, when you're in a boardroom, Mm. most people just go walk in, you know, and they get Mm -hmm. themselves ready and they're prepared and they walk in, but they don't have clarity in how they wish to be seen. And think about it. If you have, you know, the power of intention, Dr. Wayne Dyer, if you have an intention to be seen a certain way and you walk in to that room with that intention, don't you think the chances of you being seen because of the intention that way are far greater than having no intention at all. Mm-hmm. So she was not only helping them to see each other, but I think a next step would be to make them real, have that clarity mm-hmm. to know how you, how do you want to be seen? Mm-hmm. Right. And you have that power mm-hmm. to do that. 
you know? And so, I mean, that, that's, I, I might steal that exercise from you. That's a, that's oh, a beautiful exercise. <laughs> we'll absolutely be stealing this. <laughs> because it, it starts with just those conversations and what you're saying about being seen, right? Um, same thing when it comes to a big part of culture is employee recognition and employee appreciation, right? But kind of goes along with the being seen thing. How do they how do they want that appreciation? Mm-hmm. Some people want you to announce them in the middle of a meeting and mm-hmm. say, you know, hoorah to so-and-so, they did the sales, blah, blah, blah. There might be somebody else who doesn't want that, but they want a little note on their desk, right? So how it's, you're learning these things by having those conversations. And then Christine, like you said, you're just, you're getting to know them as, as people. Mm-hmm. You have to know them as people and know what what sparks them? What's their passion? What are they going to debate on in that conversation when they pull that quote out of the bucket, right? Mm -hmm. Then it allows that, that connection. And then like you said, then it's harder to be mad and argue if you understand where that person is coming from. And if everybody communicates, one of the things that I work with is I help people have, find that clarity in how they even teams, how do you want to be seen and then communicate that. Yeah. So now there's others like that can openly keep you accountable to mm-hmm. your truest intentions, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody can be more authentic that way. But I, I like the bucket idea. I'm going to go out and get a bucket. After a little this. tin bucket. <laughs> um, along with that, Kendra. So, you know, I'm sure most of us are familiar with the five love languages. Well, the work version of it is called languages of appreciation. Mm-hmm. And so it just minus, it's all of those same things minus uh, touch. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, that is something like I have every new team member do that so that I understand how they want to be recognized in in the way. So someone might have words of affirmation as it, but how Mm -hmm. is very different. Um, You know, one of my employees, she's like, oh, I, I want you to put it on LinkedIn. Like, I want everybody to know it. Like whenever it's like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Good to know. Yeah. Versus, you know, I have one employee. She's like, I would absolutely die if you did that, like a sticky note on my desk would work. Yeah. Like, just thanks so much. Like, so words of appreciation and how I want that expressed is not the same, Mm. not the Mm -hmm. same at all. And so making sure acts of service, you do something for me to help me out that how really matters. So like, I always ask that. And then I always ask about what's the pet peeve around it. Tell me how this has gone sideways for you. And uh, you know, one of my good friends, Heather, she uh, does not like public recognition. And one of uh, her, her worst moments was when somebody was trying to do something nice for her, actually had a, like a singing telegram oh, and Lord. come to the office and do this big singing thing oh. at the office for her birthday. And she was like trying to put on a happy face, but I could tell she was just about to just die. She wanted to melt into the floor, you know? And it yep. was like, you know, the person that did it for her was like, this is so wonderful. I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> you know, I, I caught her and she literally needed a minute. Like it was so awful for her. And she was like, the thought was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And also I just, this was one of my most like horrifyingly embarrassing moments Yeah. Um, it, for her, in her like entire career. And so how that is expressed, I mm-hmm. think really better. So that's a really uh, great exercise. It's one of the things that like every single time I hire anybody in any role, I have mm-hmm. them do the languages of appreciation. Just let me know kind of guidance yeah. on how it feels for you. Yep. And then um, know if there's things that change around that or you have extra insights after 
after that, that that would be good for us to know too, like to circle back up on them. Absolutely. And it's, it's nice that they have it for kind of that work setting as well, because I'm essentially the same person all the time. Yeah. But there's, for me personally, there's tweaks. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm at home, I'm absolutely the acts of service. If you unload the dishwasher, man, you are my best friend now (laughs) because I didn't have to do that. Right. At, At work, I don't need you to unload the dishwasher. You know, it's, it's, you're essentially, you're obviously that same person, but the way that you interact and the way that you have that appreciation. And like her example, the person that did that for her mm-hmm. probably would have loved that done for them. Well, and she's right? a words, she's a words person. So that felt like that's exactly right. And it was like, sh- just give her a card. Yeah. A, a like handwritten a loving card with specificity. So that's actually what she doesn't like. Like, I really appreciated that you did that. She likes specificity. What I really loved about that party that you threw mm-hmm. was the way that you brought this in or the little, the little beautiful cupcakes that you had handmade with those things. Like you give her specific details. She knows you didn't miss it. That means something to her. Mm-hmm. That singing telegram was like worst day ever. That just reminded <laughs> me, I, I don't know if you've ever watched Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically a show on leadership. Yeah. And he had a very quirky way of doing it, but he would bake these biscuits, <laughs> yeah, you remember? Yeah, and yeah. he'd bring it to her every morning, mm-hmm. every single morning. So it just, what you said made me think <laughs> of Ted Lasso, yeah. you know, because that meant the world to her. Mm-hmm. She loved it. Yeah. Uh, she didn't know she was going to love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> she didn't know, but yeah. she did. Yeah. Yeah. And she looked forward to it. Yep. Yep. So understanding those little pieces. And again, it goes back to the connection, connecting with your team, having those conversations. If as a leader, you're not even taking the time to have those conversations, to make those connections. To me, as a takeaway from this conversation, right, that's the that's the root level. That's the bottom level mm. is having those connected conversations, understanding and connecting with your people. Because if you're not having those meetings pulling things out of a bucket, right, <laughs> to allow the opportunity to talk in that safe space, yeah, you're not going to learn about people. You're not going to you're not going to understand them as an individual. And so, a lot of what we talked about today really comes down to the root of understanding and getting to know, and then supporting. It's the one soul at a time yeah. conversation we're having. Yeah. Authentic conversations. And I, I believe further, you not only need to have those authentic conversations as a group, but you mm-hmm. need to have them individually. Yeah. And oh, because absolutely. people need that one-on-one growth time and you have to have a commitment to both. That's why I find that lots of companies and organizations are hiring coaches internally for their teams, mm-hmm. both individually and teams as well. Mm-hmm. to have those authentic conversations. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to make sure they happen the right, right way. Yeah. So we are approaching that time. <gasps> I know. No. It I know. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> See, Daryl, I told you it could. we could do three hours. <laughs> so with the last few moments, um, we have really talked about a lot of nice takeaways And that's one of the things that I love about these conversations is, yes, it's a full hour, but there's so much quality information and things that people can take away from the conversation too. A lot of our listeners, our audience that's listening is kind of in that age of 30s. I think a lot of it 
is probably some folks that are growing into those leadership roles. Yeah. And so they're listening for those takeaways and those opportunities to listen to what can I do to be a better leader? And I think a lot of that came out in this conversation for sure. We could do this all week long. Hmm. But is there anything else with the last few moments? If you had to give advice to a leader, along with all the things we've talked about today with, you know, allowing space to be open and vulnerable, allowing, you know, leaders to be humans and make mistakes and all of these other things. Is there anything else that you would add into the conversation for that individual that's listening, that's trying to grow and become that great leader in order to support the company culture? Well, I mean, like Andy Dufresne said in the Shawshank Redemption, you know, get busy living or get busy dying, right? I, yeah. I, I, I kind of massage that a little bit. Get busy growing. You know, you were, mm. CEOs, presidents love people that are curious because people that are curious are always expanding. Mm-hmm. And people that are not curious are not expanding as much. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be just as curious. You have to make a commitment to yourself. And that commitment, I believe, needs to be you know, you, you spend money. Now you've got a commitment, mm-hmm. right? Now I'm committed because I'm spending money. I am investing in myself and in my organization. And everybody at my organization can see it, mm-hmm. that I'm investing in myself and I'm be- investing in others. So, I mean, that would be, to me, the greatest tip I could give anybody mm-hmm. is show you're proof to yourself and proof to your others and how you're investing in yourself and in this, com- in your company. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. So my advice would be this. So whenever I think about spending time or doing a meeting or doing a one-on-one or having um, really anything, I, I, when I, I believe you need to take a minute to be very intentional about what you've hired that meeting to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give like really tactical advice. This has probably been like super helpful for me in my career to be able to say like this meeting, I have hired this meeting for the outcome to be nothing other than we're all a little bit closer after. So I go in with some intention mm-hmm. around what it's supposed to do, what it's supposed to be, what I've hired this email to do, what I've hired this, you know, I, I look at it that way. One of my good friends, Matt Mahoney was like, what did we hire this to do? I'm like, Ooh, oh, yes. So I think about and, and I take a minute when I don't, I can tell mm-hmm. when I don't take that 30 seconds before to think about what I want this to do. And then I do, you know, whatever it is we're going to do, we're doing the planning, we're doing this. And then I leave some space for some magic. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, even with the example of the buckets, I didn't know what quote they were going to pick out. But when they'd be like, this is stupid. I'm like, that one's for you. You picked it. (laughs) There's some magic in there. I don't know which one you're going to pick, but you know what? You know why you're holding that one in your hand? Because that was the one for you today. Mm -hmm. You know why it's irritating to you? Because it was the one for you. Mm-hmm. So like what? So I think it's all about play. I'm such a like a type A personality. It's about <laughs> planning. It's about understanding. And then it's also about leaving a little space for something in there that I don't actually understand and being just fine with it mm-hmm. and finding the beauty in it and how uncomfortable it is. But also saying like, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen. And you know what? Like 
this is crazy and this is good and we're just going to lean in because we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we didn't know that this was going to happen, but there's just a little space for some sparkly in there. So I think about it like that. <laughs> I like that. Leave space for the sparkly. <laughs> a little bit. Everybody's going to be like, oh God, she's so foo-foo. But you know what? Look, it is. It works. It, 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 it well, whether you want to believe it or not, it's there. Yeah. So, so you just got to. That is yeah. my guiding light That's right. principle. That's right. Yeah. It's there. I I, I'd say when I coach people, I always leave space to be present for the magic to mm. happen as it should, rather than me trying to force things. Yep. It's always a balance between for, you know, force and the process and allowing, mm. mm-hmm. guiding and allowing. And mm-hmm. that's the delicate balance. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So then the last thing is if you have any last comments about your company, any quick point you wanted to make, and then how folks can reach you. Christine, I'll start with you. Um, I think that we've done lots of talking. (laughs) So I think (laughs) people will understand who I am and who we are and what we believe, hopefully from this conversation. So probably the best way to reach me would be LinkedIn. If we want to connect that way, Christine Rogers, like LinkedIn, yeah, or Christine at Aspireship.com. I'm like happy to take this conversation further with anybody that has more questions, like however I can be helpful. Awesome. I would say the same. I have actually a very big LinkedIn presence. I have 29,000 connections. I have lots of followers of my newsletter. I write a lot about culture and leadership. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to, and there's lots of tools in there and stories in there and tips in there. I encourage people to dive in. My name is Andrew Kolikoff. It's spelled K-O-L-I-K-O-F-F, two Fs like Frank, Frank. Um, You can connect with me there. Or, of course, you could always reach me at Andrew at Aurelius, like Marcus Aurelius, AureliusTransformation.com. Awesome. And I'm glad you said that about the stuff that you post, because I would say that about both of you. Mm -hmm. Both of you are very good leaders to follow just for those tips and, and notes on what's happening and culture and leadership. So both of you are very good leaders to follow. So thank you. Yeah. Um, so on that note, mm-hmm. oh, my least favorite part is to end, <laughs> but um, thank you both of you for an amazing and fluid and authentic conversation based around culture and leadership and how we can make this better. And honestly, that is why I started this podcast and why this company is growing into something bigger than I could have never imagined because it is a company that is based around the culture improvement space Mm -hmm. and the resources that go along with it. So highlighting companies that are doing well and then supporting companies that allow that growth for others. Our purpose here is to improve company culture so people want to go to work. Employees and leaders should like where they work, and we think that is possible. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of Culture Crush, the only podcast out there that does a deep dive of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. If you think your company has a strong culture that should be highlighted, please reach out to Kendra Maples on LinkedIn or email us at culturecrushpodcast at gmail.com.